God changed the priesthood of the Old Testament. That's our subject for today. We're studying Hebrews chapter 7. I'm reading from verse 12. For when there is a change in the priesthood, there is necessarily a change in the law as well. For the one of whom these things are spoken belong to another tribe from which no one has ever served at the altar. For it is evident that our Lord was descended from Judah, and in connection with that tribe, Moses said nothing about priests. This becomes even more evident when another priest arises in the likeness of Melchizedek, who has become a priest not according to a legal requirement concerning bodily descent, but by the power of an indestructible life, for it is witnessed of him, You are a priest forever, after the order of Melchizedek. Now, notice in verse 13 how the author agrees that Jesus came from the tribe that was not the tribe which the law designated for the priesthood. The priestly tribe was the tribe of Levi, and the family of those Levites was Aaron's family. But Jesus came from the tribe of Judah, that's the tribe of the kings. Now, is all this really significant? It is when you're studying the priesthood of Jesus, and we need to know something more about the Old Testament priesthood to be able to appreciate the Melchizedek order of priesthood which Jesus came in. In Second Chronicles chapter 26, we read, Then all the people of Judah took Uzziah, who was sixteen years old, and made him king in place of his father Amaziah. Well, there was nothing wrong with that. But in verse 16 it tells us, But after Uzziah became powerful, his pride led to his downfall. He was unfaithful to the Lord his God and entered the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. Azariah the priest, with eighty other courageous priests of the Lord, followed him in. They confronted him and said, It is not right for you, Uzziah, to burn incense to the Lord. That is for the priests, the descendants of Aaron, who have been consecrated to burn incense. Leave the sanctuary, for you have been unfaithful, and you will not be honored by the Lord God. Uzziah, who had a censer in his hand, ready to burn incense, became angry. While he was raging at the priests in their presence before the incense altar in the Lord's temple, leprosy broke out on his forehead. And when Azariah the chief priest and all the other priests looked at him, they saw that he had leprosy on his forehead, so they hurried him out. Indeed, he himself was eager to leave, because the Lord had afflicted him. Here's a man who invaded the priesthood, you see. No one could do that without the judgment of God falling on them. Now, Jesus did not qualify for the priesthood of Judaism, and if he were here today, he would not be a priest after the order of Aaron. He's another kind of a priest, and the law of God has been changed to allow Jesus to serve as a priest. As our priest, he can bring us to God. He is our spiritual leader. 
as the coming king, he will become our political leader on earth when he sets up his kingdom. And he promised to do that. And so did the angel promise that. He promised it to Mary, first of all. When he said, you will have a son and his name will be called Jesus and he'll be great and he'll be called the son of the most high and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David and he'll rule over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom. There will be no end. In the next verses, beginning with verse 15, the new priest, Jesus Christ, is contrasted with the former priest by the oath that makes him a priest forever. The other priests were not forever, of course. They died. The new priest, Jesus Christ, has his ministry based on the power of an endless life, he tells us. The former priest could not give a person life. But Christ can. He promised that whoever believes in him has eternal life. As long as he lives, so will those who believe in him. His life is endless, and that means so is mine, because I have believed in him. Now, there is obviously a change in the qualifications of the priesthood. The old order was based on physical requirements. For example, a priest needed to come from the right tribe and have the right ancestry. That was so important. He also qualified in regard to marriage. He could not, for example, marry a divorced woman. He needed to eat the right kinds of foods. He needed to be free of disease. He could not have a deformity. Listen to the instructions from the Lord in Leviticus Chapter 21, verse 16, the Lord said to Moses, Say to Aaron, For the generations to come, none of your descendants who has a defect may come near to offer the food of his God. No man who has any defect may come near. No man who is blind or lame, disfigured or deformed. No man with a crippled foot or hand or who is hunched back or dwarfed, or who has any eye defect, or who has festering or running sores, damaged testicles, no descendant of Aaron, the priest who has any defect, is to come near to present the offerings made to the Lord by fire. He has a defect. He may not come to offer the food of his God. Now, these requirements were very strict. They're all physical requirements. Notice there's nothing in here about the character of the priest that didn't seem to matter. He could be a scoundrel, and many of the priests were scoundrels. We read about them. Many of the Old Testament priests were extremely wicked, as the sons of Eli in the Old Testament. And so were some New Testament high priests. Annas and Caiaphas were corrupt politically. Well, they had no moral requirements for that office, but they met the physical requirements. Now, in verse 16, the author tells us that Jesus has become a priest not according to a legal requirement concerning bodily descent, but he's a priest by the power of an indestructible life. 
You see, there are no physical requirements for Jesus, only the power of eternity, which implies what? Character and sinlessness. What was important about Jesus was his heart. The Bible doesn't tell us anything about his physical requirements. What did he look like? How tall was he? What color was his hair? It doesn't matter when you're dealing with God. He had an indestructible life, and that suggests that there would be no successors to Jesus Christ. The Old Testament priests died, and they, of course, were succeeded. And Josephus, that first century writer, tells us that from Moses to the destruction of the temple, there were 83 high priests, and every one of them died. This endless life of Jesus the priest is based on an Old Testament passage, as it's written here in Hebrews 7.17. For it is witnessed of him, you are a priest forever, after the order of Melchizedek. Now that's a clear reference to the son of David, because the preceding verses in Psalm 110 declare that he is talking about David's son, who is the Christ. Since the Bible talks about the Christ being a priest, we should expect that the Bible would tell us something about his priesthood. And the scriptures, of course, give us information on his service. First of all, he blesses believers with the Spirit, and he intercedes for us. That's clear from the New Testament. Furthermore, the experience at Pentecost, when the Spirit was sent from heaven, sent by Jesus, who's at the right hand of the throne in heaven, that Spirit was sent to bless men. That's the priest's blessing. And Galatians chapter 3 verse 14 alludes to this also. It says, In order that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Somehow the Spirit is related to the blessing of Abraham. Now who blessed Abraham? Melchizedek, that eternal priest. Now Jesus, the eternal priest after the order of Melchizedek, is in heaven, and he blesses men. He blesses them by sending the Spirit. Everyone who believes in him receives the Holy Spirit of God, and that Spirit in turn baptizes everyone who believes into the body of Christ, the church. That's clear from 1 Corinthians 12.13. It says, For by one Spirit we all have been baptized into one body, whether Jew or Gentile, whether slave or free, and we have all been made to drink of that one Spirit. Now, the author has something more to say about this priesthood. Beginning with verse 18, he writes, On the one hand... A former commandment is set aside because of its weakness and uselessness, for the law made nothing perfect. On the other hand, a better hope is introduced through which we draw near to God. 
Notice how in verse 18 he says a former commandment is set aside. What does that refer to? The former commandment refers to the law which spelled out the priesthood and worship and sacrifices and regulations. Now why was it set aside? And by the way, what does it mean there by set aside? That's the word for cancel. The Greek word here means to void or to rescind or to cancel. Now, why was it canceled? Because of weakness and uselessness, the writer tells us. Those priests could not solve the sin problem. Those sacrifices couldn't solve it. They were animal sacrifices. They merely covered up sin. They didn't remove sin. So the former commandment only dealt with covering sin. It was not a final solution. Well, then we perhaps need to ask, why did God give the law regulations then? Why all these instructions about the priests and the sacrifices? Well, we need to remind ourselves that from the beginning, the Creator had planned a final and complete solution for sin by the sacrifice of His eternal Son. What should be done until that happens? The Israelites were told to offer sacrifices so that sinful mankind might have hope and believe God for that future redemption. And God finally did it. He sent His Son, the Lamb of God, to end all sacrifices. Well, we're going to continue this study tomorrow, but here's a very important announcement. The Radio Bible Course would like to help you to get started on memorizing Scripture. We have developed a Bible teaching memory program which we are giving away free to our listeners. Until tomorrow, this is Nick Calavota reminding you that the word gospel means good news.